This is another in Macworld series of Macworld Expo podcast, part of our week-long coverage of the most exciting Apple event of the year. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. And now, this episode's guest host. Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for Friday, January 18th, 2008, sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Macworld Podcast listeners can get a free audiobook now at www.audiblepodcast.com slash Macworld. Welcome to Macworld's Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. It's the final day of Macworld Expo, and man, if I weren't recording these introductions ahead of time, my voice would sound like this, because undoubtedly I've been screaming, talking, and singing my lungs out. Expo just generates that kind of excitement and enthusiasm. But things are winding down after a long and thrilling week. As I mentioned yesterday, you can catch up on the week's events by visiting Macworld.com and reading the countless stories posted there, as well as listening to earlier podcasts. But it's not over yet. Let's kick things off with today's first guest host. Well, here we are at another edition of the Macworld Expo podcast. I'm John Seff. I'm senior news editor at Macworld. And today I am joined by senior features editor Kelly Turner and by associate editor Heather Kelly. So it's sort of the Kellys and me. Kelly's against the world. Uh, so I understand that you guys have looked at a lot of stuff on the show floor sort of relating to the creative aspect of things going on here at the show. So let's talk about some products that you've seen, and I'll chime in here a little bit too. But Well, and I just want to start by saying that in the last couple of years, I've been really impressed by just the number of new creative programs coming out for the Mac. I mean, it really seems like a reinvigorated market. A lot of names that haven't been on the Mac uh, for a while, if ever. And just a lot of really interesting kind of new ideas. It's really exciting to see. Um, for example, I was just over at Plask which are the makers of Comic Life, a very fun program. Oh, yeah. And in addition to showing a um, future version of Comic Life, um, which also looks very nice, they're showing um, Doozla, which is a drawing and painting program for kids. It comes with um, pictures that kids can color in, drawing tools, and it just looks really fun. I mean, if I were a kid, I'd be totally psyched to have this uh, program. It has parental control, so you can make sure your kid doesn't print uh, 100 copies on your printer. <laughs> if I were a kid, I think I'd be psyched just by the name. It sounds, so, it sounds so, you know, playful. Yeah, but um, and it looks, I mean, it looks great. The drawing tools, when you pick a color, an excited voice tells you the name of the color. <laughs> so, so even though it's meant for kids, perhaps, it's sort of a It may fun... find its way onto, onto my desktop. Excellent. Um, and then just, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff. No Lobe is here showing a beta of Iris, uh, which is a photography program for editing. It has layers, filters, um, masking. They kind of described it to me as Photoshop a couple of versions ago before um, everyone forgot how to use all the Photoshop tools. <laughs> Um, whether you agree with that or not. Um, but it's great to see, I mean, new image editors coming to the Mac. In addition to Photoshop, Element 6, you know, kind of aimed at the hobbyist market, which we gave an Eddie Award to. 
I mean, the iris, and although I haven't seen them here at Acorn and Pixelmator, I mean, it's a really rich market right now for image editors. It's exciting. And a lot of that has to do, I think, with some of the changes that Apple's made in the operating system so that these people can take advantage right. of some of the, the graphic stuff that's Yeah, a lot of them right are taking, effect, you know, taking advantage of the core image effects um, in the system, which is really nice to see. Yeah, speaking of, uh, of elements, I... I took a, a look at it last night at the office and installed a, a beta version of it and uh, you know it has def- definitely has a different look to it but it it, uh, it seems very intuitive you know it's nice that it sort of has these different screens and different things for, for tasks that you're trying to accomplish like before but uh, now that it's universal um, I think it'll it'll be nice on all of our fast uh, Mac Pro systems in the office right and still focused on people who you know you want to do powerful stuff with your photos but you don't want to pay you know Six hundred dollars for um, an editing program, and most people don't need that. I mean, the elements and a lot of these smaller programs really offer what most of us need. It's, yeah, I think most right. of these are, are between like forty and ninety dollars. Right? I think elements is on the top end of that scale, but yeah. they're they're all less than a hundred dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, they have features that people can actually figure out how to use, right. which is important. Heather, what have you seen? Um, I found a couple of those as well. I was really excited because I remember when I was younger, I used to like to play with easy like MS Paint kind of programs, and and I think everything sort of became a, a, a Adobe program eventually. And you had to have Illustrator if you wanted to illustrate, and Photoshop if you wanted to play with photos. So I really enjoyed finding sort of the smaller programs that were accessible to people who, you know, aren't really so advanced like myself, and who could actually just have fun with it and. and kill a few hours, not at work, but possibly other places. I'm going to keep my eye on you. So what, what, what's your first masterpiece going to be then with uh, all these new programs you found? Well, I don't know. Actually, I was, uh, I, I've just sort of started covering the 3D animation beat, which was absolutely fascinating and which I know absolutely nothing about. So I'm going to sort of make it my mission to maybe learn how to master the more more basic uh, aspects maybe of, of animation and see what I can make since I have all Well, that. I believe that was actually my beat for, for oh, several really? years. And I never really learned how to use those. I mean, not not, not for lack of not for lack of trying necessarily, but they're very complicated. 3D applications, and you know, I don't even know what a B spline is, but I know that it's important when it comes to doing 3D <laughs> stuff. And uh, so, you know, I wish you the best of luck there. If, if I can make a stick figure move, I think by the end of the year, I'll be very pleased with myself. Um, and, and if but nothing else, you can use one of those flip books and just uh, you know draw something on the edge of a page. But that's also an interesting market, the 3D and illustration, as far as coming down to consumers. I know at last year's show, it seemed like there were a lot of um, 3D programs aimed at decorating your home or, you know, putting stuff online. And, I mean, it's really interesting to see all of this technology that's usually considered kind of a creative professional um, coming down to the masses for people who want to try out new things. I think I think it's really great. Uh, I saw one specifically. Uh, it was uh, Interiors Professional Four, and it was uh, they had a whole collection of sort of uh, interior programs where you could lay out your entire living room and pick the colors and make three D models of your furniture, um, all without actually having to go to IKEA or paint. Um, 
and uh, those those all looked very Did, Didn't you try that one of those before, Kelly? I seem to remember you designing your <laughs> your home, but you could never. I am not a very good interior designer, is what I discovered, <laughs> even with three D help. <laughs> but it's but it's a lot cheaper than uh, buying the oh, furniture. Yeah, it's, and... You know, nice to see if things are actually going to fit before you go out yeah. and buy them. Because let me say, I have made the mistake of buying furniture that will not fit into my home. It's very sad. I we, yeah, we suggest all suggest avoiding that. If we you all can. remember that story at the <laughs> office, and it was a very sad day for Kelly when she had had to leave her new couch on the sidewalk and put an ad on Craigslist and say, "Please come get it because it won't fit in my yeah. place." Furniture stores, yeah, they won't take stuff back if you purchased it and didn't measure your home. There are, there are uh, people there. Hoisting professionals, so if you can't get something through your door, they can find a way to get it through a window, I found out recently. Yes, I've had to do the same thing. Keep that in mind. So anyway, um, 3D programs that help you avoid these mistakes are very nice. Um, I also, as as long as we're on furniture, I enjoyed the world's most fantastic office chair. Um, It it was one of those uber swivelly, let me find the name of it, but it... I'm not sure what they're called, but I'll find it. Anyways, they, uh, they're all about being super ergonomic, and no matter how long you sit, which I'm sure lots of people at Mac will do, is sit all day long, that your back won't hurt and you can stretch. And they're very excited because I think they might be making a deal with Boeing in the near future to get this technology onto airplane seats as well. Nice. Is this Anthro? Because um, I know they, they make um, very unusual ergonomic uh, furniture for computer users. Um. Not uh... She's looking at I, her um, list. long list of products. Things <laughs> I love. They have little stars by them or a frowny face. <laughs> Smart motion technology. It's called the swing seat. Ah. The swing seat. That sounds so kind of fun. So what does it look like? It's... It's, it just looks like a regular black seat, but when you sit on it, the, the actual seat itself, the bottom part, isn't steady, so it's you kind of have to balance, but then once you get it, it's, it's like... It's like one of the balls then, but actually... Uh, Seat. Yeah, it just looks like a normal seat. Um, not as cool as the nap pods, which were also very comfortable. Um, well, I can say after sitting all day in front of my computer every day, I wish I had a better chair or something to sit in because <laughs> I'm always trying to sit up the right way, but it's hard to do. You know, you start slumping over and getting lazy. and Not lazy with work, of course, but lazy sure. with sitting. Sure, I've seen some of the work you do, John. Yeah, well. I also wanted to mention another program that I was very impressed by on the floor, and I hope I'm not going to say the company's name wrong, um, Creaseed, um, but they make Hydra, which is an HDR program, and that's um, high dynamic range images. So the idea there is that normally when a camera takes a photo, um, it can't see as much range as the human eye can. If something's really bright and something's really dark, it kind of has to choose which it's going to look at. So what a lot of people do is they take multiple images at different exposures, you know, one for the bright areas of the room and one for the dark areas of the room, and then they try to combine those um, later in a program to get the fuller range. Well, so Hydra um, is a program for combining these images But unlike a lot of programs where the images have to be very exactly aligned, you usually need a tripod so that everything fits because, you know, you don't want to have um, overlapping lines while you're trying to match tones. Um, It actually, you can, if you move around a little bit, it's okay because it'll use the morphing technology that they have to morph the photos together so that they match exactly. And then you can set your tones and bring out the highlights from one and the darks of another. 
and it's $40. I almost didn't want to make a big deal when they told me what the price was because I was scared they would raise it, but um, but it's awesome. Oh, no, that's too much. <laughs> I, know. I was like, oh, $40. $39.95. That's perfect. <laughs> and this is something that you, you would normally do maybe in Photoshop? Photoshop um, has this feature, but again, six, you know, $600. Um, Elements, I actually don't know if it has um, I don't, I don't think a it high does. dynamic range. I don't think it I don't does. Believe so. so I mean, so usually you would spend a lot more money to do this, or spend a lot of time. And this just, you know, has a slider, and I'm really excited to try it out myself. And if you're a photographer or somebody who's going to do this sort of professionally, spending forty bucks for an application that would help yeah, you, or save even a lot just of time. like a you know casual person who enjoys you know photography, you don't have to be making your living at photography to really enjoy a program like this. So would this, this even work with my terrible photos? Well, John, I've seen some of your photos. No, I'm sure it would. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Sad, sad state of affairs. You take lovely there. photos, John. Right, thank you. Um, there's also the iFi card, which we gave an Editor's Choice Award. The Best of um, Show Award, too. I mean, yes, thank you. Uh, Best Wednesday. of Show yeah, Award. That's right. um, I mean, in the photography market... For you know, uploading your photos really easily without um, having to plug in your cable, and you just um, connect the. It's a two gigabyte um, SD card that fits into any camera that supports an SD card, and you link the card to a Wi-Fi network and a computer. And then when you take pictures or turn on your camera while you're in range, it uploads the photos to a site of your choice. You could do like Flickr, Photo Bucket, anything like that, and downloads them to iPhoto. Um, it's all wireless. It's all, all wirelessly and without having to buy a wireless camera. It's um, Right, you can basically add wireless capabilities to any camera that mm-hmm. supports SD cards. And it's a 2 gig SD card, right? So you're not... Uh, yeah, so it's it's $100, but you're getting a 2 gig SD card. I mean, you're paying a premium for it, but not a terrible sure, premium. Sure, you're, you're getting... And you still, even if you're not Wi-Fi. close to a Wi-Fi thing, you can you still have a 2 gigabyte SD card that you're using, so... And even if you have to wait till you get home to do it, you don't have to find your USB cable exactly. and wait for it to transfer and all that stuff, so... When I have lost so many uh, camera cables <laughs> over the years... I'm, I'm pretty sure my husband is hiding them from me maliciously, but he claims he's not. It's not the camera cable gnomes that are coming in and taking <laughs> no. them every day. One sort of uh, sort of peripherally creative product that, that I was uh, looking at on the floor um, was something that was actually here last year, and it was the Modbook. Um, and uh, Axiotron oh, and OWC announced the Modbook last year at Expo, which was a modification of a Apple MacBook to turn it into a tablet and um, they just started shipping it recently there was a lot of delays and it's just started shipping um, but you know it's geared towards artists and uh, graphic designers those kind of people who instead of carrying a sketch pad around with them now they can carry around a full-fledged computer that happens to have uh, Wacom pen technology and they can write on the screen and everything and uh it was, it was nice to see that it came out, and it was also nice to see that um, a year after they introduced it, Apple still hasn't come out with a tablet Mac, so they still have a market for it. And, uh, you know, it's, it was sort of a pretty safe bet because um, Apple, it's a niche market, you know, the tablet thing. And a lot of people want Apple to do it, but they're not going to do it because it's a small market. They can't, they can't make money off it. And so they basically given their blessing 
to uh, Axiotron and OWC to make this, and they made them, uh, you know, an authorized reseller and a partner and everything because they want to provide the service to people, but they don't want to have to do it themselves. And so it was really exciting to see it come out. Mm-hmm. And my one moment of YouTube fame was last year when I had a few minutes or an hour with one of the pre-production models, and uh, <clears throat> we filmed that and put it up on YouTube. And uh, you know, 108,000 uh, views later, the product is finally shipped. So <laughs> You're I was, star, John. I was very happy when I when I, I congratulated Andreas, who uh, <laughs> the head of Axiotron, uh, for the product finally coming out. And the good thing is the people that ordered it they actually get an upgrade because since they ordered it, the MacBook has been upgraded with faster processors and better graphics and things like that. So now everyone who ordered one gets the latest yes. version. And Although a year later than they thought they were going to get it. That's true. <laughs> but they also get a free GPS in every model instead of as oh, an add-on. that's nice. So, um, you know, I don't know how often you're going to be using GPS. But as Andreas told me, he insisted it was in there because he's an avid boater. And... Um, he likes to have the GPS, so now he can have his GPS and his tablet Mac with him at all times. So, um, would you so really I want can, to take your your tablet Mac out on, on the, a boat? On the bay for, I don't know. Well, maybe uh, maybe somebody here, maybe H two O Audio will make a waterproof case for it, so you can uh, keep it nice and protected from the elements. So. I hope someone's listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I saw, which you know, maybe maybe not creative in the sense of making things, but creative in the sense of watching things, um, was the new version of the ITV software from Elgato. Uh, they released ITV3, and uh, it looks like a really cool update. Um, one of the best parts in it is that instead of just typing you know, a word into the guide and trying to narrow down um, things by description or, uh, or by the name of the show, you can now actually enter multiple search criteria. So you can say, um, I'm looking for HD shows on channel four that uh, have the word law in it and are not repeat. And so you can, you can really, um, that would be law and order. <laughs> but since there's like 13 law and order series, you know, you never know what you're going to get. But the cool thing about that is once you've created these things, you can actually save smart guides. They're like smart folders in uh, mail or in the OS where you can save those search criteria into one thing. So, um, when you click on it, it'll actually search the guide um, live for that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you always want to see when Nova is going to be on PBS, mm-hmm. um, but only the new ones and only the ones that are broadcast on the HD station, then you can create this criteria, these criteria, and then um, just have it as a smart uh, a smart folder, which they're they're calling smart guides. Um, so, I think that's actually going to be really cool because I have one set up at my desk with a little antenna looking up at the big Sutro Tower in San Francisco. And we can pick up all these over-the-air channels in our office. Not not during office hours. <laughs> I feel like we're giving people the impression that maybe we don't uh, work at all. Well, you know, we, d- we did this um, very good, I think, feature a couple months ago on, uh, you know, TV on your Mac. And so I had to test these things since I was sure. editing the story. And, uh, so I just have left it set up there, and you know, when there's new software, I, I want to try it out. So it's a tough job being a MacWorld editor. It is. Really. Um, but I just want to say I once made a mistake setting up my TiVo and told it to record Law and Order without actually telling it to record only first runs. And yeah, it's on during about a particularly slow time, it filled up my um, TiVo with episodes. Thank you, thank you, TiVo. <laughs> we had to correct that. 
Thank you, Dick Wolf and NBC, for <laughs> a prolific series that keeps spinning off from itself. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's a writer's strike, so there's no, not too many new episodes to fill up your TiVo. Um, one, one program I did find, which, which was extremely cool, mostly before the makers, it's for, uh, it's for downloading, say, YouTube videos of you showing us that tablet, which I've done many times just this week. Um, and you, you can convert it and watch it on your, your video iPod or um, your Apple TV. And it was created by uh, high school students, extremely silly, adorable <laughs> high school students with, like, the bad skin and the messy hair. And they were just, they were adorable. But anyways, it's called, it's called <laughs> Tubal. Um, and it's a very, like, smooth interface. Uh, it's free to download. Um, so, you know, if I wanted to watch you while riding the train home, I can now do that as well. I don't recommend it. <laughs> a search for John. <laughs> yes. Whoever's listening to this, please don't search. Seek it out. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> um, I also saw a couple of desktop publishing programs um, that are coming soon to the Mac. Um, there was iStudio Publisher by C4. They were showing a beta of their new desktop publishing program. And it's built on, um, I guess, the... C4 system, which according to them um, knows how to do everything that the big name desktop publishing systems know how to do. And I guess that iStudio Publisher is an interface for this system, um, which they're still developing, but you know, it does text boxes and styles and um, colors. And I mean, it's, you know, a full desktop publishing program. Um, and what's also interesting there, and I heard this from a couple of people, but they um, kept emphasizing to me that they were working very closely with Apple um, to get suggestions for their interface and get feedback and trying to make sure that their program would really both appeal to the Mac and you know have a nice interface. And I heard that from a couple of people that I talked to who were very proud to be working with Apple, um, which I think is first a testament to the fact that you know Apple really knows its audience. They really care about um, the user interface, and they really want the programs that come out to be attractive and easy to use. And I think it's also a testament to the new people coming to the Mac and seeing that that's what this market is about, seeing that that matters to people, that it matters if people can't figure out how to use your program and, um, you know, if it's difficult and unattractive. Well, yeah, a lot of applications are adopting the, the look and feel of the operating system and putting the search box in the corner mm-hmm. like in uh, a lot of Apple applications and um, it, it does give and it... Apple really promotes that. I mean, they yeah. work really hard to try to get that message across. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it gives... To the benefit of users. Especially for, for new applications or for or applications that are coming to the Mac from Windows or, you know, people that are actually paying attention to how Mac users want to see applications. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does make a difference. Yeah. Right? We noticed that. So. Avery, um, the maker of uh, many, many, many types of labels, um, is also working on a beta of a new um, kind of desktop publishing program called Design Pro, which um, uses their labels you know, as a template, but for designing... Um, with graphics and text, mail merging um, from various databases um, into your labels. And they were also very, you know, proud to be working with Apple on trying to get this program to look good. And in fact, if you 
um, use Avery Labels and are interested in a program for them, I believe they are now looking for beta testers if you want to have a say in um, what Design Bro ends up looking like, um, you should uh, check them out. And that'll that'll work with uh, like address book to to import your yeah it's something like in FileMaker databases and you know, I think they're still working on it so I've used their labels many times before <laughs> they're very lovely uh, anything else you guys saw that you wanna I, a little bit of sadness was that I, I put off going to the Guitar Hero area until yesterday, and they had taken it away. Oh. I don't know, maybe the Guitar Hero guys are on a break. So I went to the uh, to the Guitar Center booth, because I had sort of that guitar feeling, and I got all the way there, and there are no guitars at the Guitar Center booth, which was also extremely disappointing. So then I went finally to uh, a Notion Music booth, and they have absolutely no instruments, but you can basically have an entire band on your desktop. They've recorded... Uh, every sound from every instrument ever. Um, they, you know, he, he walked me through how to make a symphony orchestra or a rock band, and so in the end, that, that kind of had to do. I still went for guitar hero <laughs> or rock band, but well, if you really want to see the actual guitars and all that, um, you could head down to LA and go to the NAM show. It's going on right now too, and you can. Uh, you I know. think MacWorld would love to send me down there. Oh wait, I, I do not think that's <laughs> actually true. <laughs> well, I believe we actually sent our intrepid Canadian Jim Dalrymple yes. down there, um, who, in. who enjoys going to uh, guitar hero type rock and roll fantasy camps. Yes, and I've seen the pictures of him with Roger Daltrey, and uh, and he looks like a guitar hero. He looks hero. like the rock star, you know, <laughs> or at least you know, sort of ZZ Top's, uh, you know, roadie or something. Distant cousin. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably about it for us. Um, Glad you could join me and, and share some of your experiences with the creative aspects of the show. And uh, there's still a couple hours left of the show today, so I know we're going to walk around and try to see some more vendors and see what other stuff is out there and find little kids with uh, weird applications for downloading videos of me from the Internet. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe I should go talk to those guys, too. You say they're adorable, right? They're, they're adorable. All right. <laughs> Well, I'll, maybe I'll muss up my hair a little bit before I go so they, they won't think I'm, you know, part of the establishment or something. You are the man, John. I'm not even wearing my uh, Tevas today. I guess it's gone out of me already. Well, thanks for joining me, and I uh, appreciate it, and uh, let's thanks go see what John. else is going on. And that concludes this episode of the special Macworld Expo edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank our guests as well as you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Macworld Expo and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you next time.